Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. We give you weekly roundups of Walford life. And I know it's November, and most of you are now probably ready to jingle bell all the way. But EastEnders just celebrated Halloween, and we couldn't pass up an opportunity to do another one. So it's our last Halloween, Halloween special. Well, since it's Halloween, I, like Leo, am a big bad wolf. Only I actually become a snarling, bloodthirsty beast when the moon is full. Connor. And I'm Emma. Just like Callum, I too wonder why Miley couldn't just tell anyone. She was Hannah Montana. You mean the premise of the show? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what's coming up this week anyway, Connor? So we have your weekly roundup, as always. Then we move on to your hero of the week. And then slapping Dan. <laughs> I can't do it as well as Emma. Slapping Dan. <laughs> and since it's Halloween, we are also going to have some Halloween segments, including the last ever mostly ghostly. And of course, we'll also be playing a little game I invented called Seven Deadly Sinners. But first, it's the last time you're going to hear it. It's, it's a jingle. Halloween jingle. Duh. One, two, what she's coming for you. Three, four, Stella's back for more. Five, six, beware nasty Dean Wicks. Seven, eight, Chris is coming for Kate. Nine, ten, Dan's returned again. I curse you, curse the lot of you. Well, that was the last time we're going to hear the Halloween jingle for another year. Yeah, I'm really sad. But guess who's back? (gasps) Back again. Who is it? Is it? The old jingle. The old jingle. Yay! Yay! I've missed it so much. It's back next week. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love our Halloween special jingle, but it sets the ambiance at a different tone when you're in the bath. Yeah, you like to to listen to them in the bath. Yeah, I like to. I like to soak in the bath and have my jingle on. I don't know that I can do it and relax with, like, you know, us going, one, two. Like, I think it's a bit <laughs> creepier. <laughs> and speaking of getting soaked, you got absolutely soaked here today. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, guys, if you you will see this eventually on our twi- Twitter and Instagram. Oh, yes. Follow us at E20podcast on Twitter and at E20 underscore podcast on Instagram. However, if you miss it on there, I will now tell you what actually happened as we were walking along. <laughs> I put all of our scripts, all of my notes, and my bottle of water into my bag and walked along. Totally, totally ruined. Totally ruined because what do you think happened? (laughs) My entire water bottle unscrewed and soaked my bag. But muggins here just continued walking. (laughs) My entire leg, I could just feel it getting colder and colder. I was thinking, Jesus, the rain is really coming down on me. It wasn't the rain. My entire leg is now a different colour to the rest of it. It genuinely looks like he has wet himself and I, I like need I to co- buy you 10 MM. It does. It looks like I've got incontinence. It does. I look like her out of Little Britain. I'm literally drenched. I'm not even joking. So we have spent the morning <laughs> with a hairdryer 
trying to try all of the scripts for Mostly Ghostly. It, it's been like a forensic examination. It has. Of like, you know, an ancient book. You have to peel it so yeah. carefully. There's Emma like gently peeling back a page. And then there's me peeling another page back gently. Then she's getting the hairdryer out, blowing it, blowing it, <laughs> placing it out. Oh God, hey, it's getting a bit, getting a bit risque here, isn't it? <laughs> Placing them down gently. Yeah. <laughs> Caressing them. <laughs> <laughs> I had to dry your pants for you as well. Oh my god. I'm literally drenched. So like I've I've had to have a hairdryer on my jeans. You're welcome. Things <laughs> our friends do for others. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, if you can't hair dry friend, who can you hair dry? Exactly. That's our <laughs> motto in life. <laughs> Because we love the video so much, we're going to put some audio in now so you can hear the mayhem that went on. But if you would also like to see the mayhem, head over to our Instagram page at e20 underscore podcast where it is a highlight on our profile. Emma's just trying to salvage our ruined scripts that I had in my bag. Um, Never ever put one of these water bottles into your bag because, as I found out, I am now drenched. Look at the difference in legs. <laughs> there's that one, and then there's that one. I am absolutely so poop. I thought that I weighed myself. Well, I did, to be fair. I'm literally like, I've been walking along like a drowned rat. I feel like I've been forensic. <laughs> like, it's like my sieve in the like, first copy of the Magna Carta. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm being really careful. Like, now go, remember, this would go here. remember, it's very fragile. Very <laughs> fragile. They all very fragile. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't care. This is the last episode of Mostly Ghostly. This is part two of Emma and me trying to rescue our scripts. Right, I'll put on that one. <laughs> ah! Oh! Oh! Sugar, sugar, sugar! Oh, look at that. That one's going terrible. Oh! Oh, I oh. feel like I'm in some sort of wind tunnel. Oh! Dripping! There we go, Emma. We've got it now. Ah! We've got it now. I'll just stop it for now while we rescue this The others. Oh, yeah. Sugar. Oh, God. God, this is stressful. So today's snack is Connie the Caterpillars. Yay! Where's Colin like? Colin is so expensive. M&S have really put their prices up, so I got some Connies. Eee, who would have thought? They're mini ones as well, so we've got about ten because why not? Well, I mean, we're pigs. We finished an entire Thornton's last week. We'll definitely do this. Exactly. So what we said is if we get over 500 downloads on Podbean, which we never thought would actually happen. So mm-hmm. thank you so much yeah, for listening. Yeah, massive thank you. We would get ourselves a Colin the Caterpillar cake and celebrate because anything for a celebration. Yeah, exactly. And whilst you might not be able to eat the cakes, we do just want to say a big, big thank you to all you who follow, all you who comment on Twitter. And just everyone who supports her and, you know, tunes in every every week. It's fabulous. Thank yeah, you. thank you for getting involved. We love talking to you all and we love that you listen to this mm. and you comment on it and you tell us that you actually look forward to it every yeah, week and it really makes harsh. us feel so yeah. happy. So yep. big thank you. And I guess we should get on with the show for everyone. Yeah. Want another Connie first? Oh, go on, let's have a bite. Family. Well, I know it wasn't a Julia's theme, but at least they got some sort of a send-off from us at E20. I have to be honest, they weren't really worth a Julia's theme since they got in a taxi and drove off into the sunset. Of that course. was a very interesting <sighs> goodbye. Yeah. Because as far as everyone was aware, 
they were going on their holidays. Yeah. Now, when I go on my holidays, a big crowd don't come and meet me and say <laughs> goodbye. Fare thee well. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so weird. Have fun in Portugal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We've bought a villa. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam suddenly had a change of character again oh. and called Miriam a bad mother. Oh, yes. Let's talk about that. We see all these these foster children all gather around like as if they're all dying. They've all gathered to come see them off. It's very much in the theme of EastEnders send-offs where when someone's leaving like that, everyone gets together and says, waves them off, bye, bye, things like that, all their family. The problem is, is we've never met any of these family members. We have no emotional attachment. But they were only brought in for this episode, which is weird because I feel like we should have seen them ages ago. This yes. was the whole premise of the Ahmed family. The, yes. They were fostering children, and I thought that would be brilliant to bring in new characters, new faces, yes. show what they do, give them the storyline. We would become attached to all of these people. We would know how these people feel about them. But unfortunately, now we're left with this really strange situation, because Adam's also just dropped the bombshell yeah. that they're terrible foster parents. So as I was saying, he came up with this weird line that we've never really experienced. No, never. Before, Never. like, he's always said they were great. Yeah. And from what we gather, and obviously the people that went to see them, is they're great foster parents. They're really nice. They're but they were clearly people. only brought in that episode in those few minutes because yeah. Ikra suddenly got angry about Adam saying that and contacted them all. And I don't oh think all God. of them would have been free in that space of time. I was just about Firstly. to say that. I was just about to say that. If they're scattered across the country, how on earth could they be able to get, like, trains and everything, everything down to where they need to be? For that day. In that time. In that time, Emma. <laughs> My God. So I was confused because clearly that's why they were brought in to say goodbye to make them feel a bit better. But I was like, it doesn't really make sense. I'm with Adam now. I'm like, oh, they must must hate her because uh, none of them went up and said hello. Do you know what I mean? That's what, that was a weird part. She went and said goodbye to Ikra, Habiba, Honey, Billy. And that little girl. And that little girl. But the rest of them, no it was one just else. like, nah. They all start talking amongst themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it really does sum up the Ahmeds this ending because the storylines are all over the place the storylines are a disaster I'm sorry to say it they are a disaster and if anyone disagrees you just have to take a long hard look <laughs> at the storylines in detail these are their storylines Miriam nurse forgotten my favourite yeah that was Miriam, for like a day <laughs> Miriam mugged forgotten Miriam could have almost been homophobic. Nah, it's just mugging. That's all that that was about. That was just the mugging. She was just still feeling bad about the mugging. So that's the storyline completely wasted. Haley and the baby. Haley and the baby. That lasted, what, as long as the baby was born. Because, I mean, Kat's looking after her now. Yeah, completely gone. Completely then we had, gone. obviously, Adam being their foster child. Yep. He's had transplant of a personality. Yep. Then you had all their other extended family who were on the wall, who we never met. Why? That's that could have been their big thing. I know. We could have had this so many new so characters. Infuriant. I actually really like the idea of the Ahmeds, and yet they've always executed their stories really badly. Like really badly. I feel like they could have been good if they had the storylines. Yes. But they were just never given the opportunity. So well, we never came, actually saw them. They came in off the back of like Masood. Yes, and think of how iconic the Masoods are. Yeah. The Masoods Zainab. Oh, oh what oh a my legend. God. Oh my god! The like Zainab and and Said and yeah, god, and like they had so amazing. much history with being related to them that yes. they could have brought in. And for me, the saddest part with the Ahmeds was that 
they never actually interacted with many people. Yeah. You never saw them really down the market. You never no. really saw them until recently in the calf. Yeah, yeah. It just seems a bit odd. It was as if they were sidelined and made in their own little world. It is weird. They've been bubbled off. It's as if they had a massive fence or something down mm, yeah, yeah. Albert Square and just cordoned them off. Or they were living in a different part of EastEnders. Yeah. Like, it's just so weird. It's like they were around the back where that, like, Lucy Lookalike lived. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, That's a long way. You, you don't get you don't, seen you down there, you know. You wouldn't know anyone from down there. No. No. The thing is, I looked at the Ahmeds and I thought, yes, like, we were discussing off air um, when we were writing with notes and stuff how the Ahmeds have basically become isolated. But, like, when we're talking about where they could have met people, yes, okay, we know they don't drink, so they probably wouldn't go into the Vic, but why not invent another part for them to experience? We had the Bobby and them going to a mosque storyline. We never saw that. I think that would have been really good. That would have been interesting. That would have been a very interesting avenue to go down. And yet we've never seen them go to mosque. We've never seen them even interact with Bobby. Uh, again, wasted, wasted storyline. I did find it interesting. Bobby came back on the same episode he they were leaving. Left. Have they been meeting up and we just haven't seen it? I know. It? I feel like uh, maybe Adam was right. Maybe she kidnaps kids. Because <laughs> Bobby just vanished. <laughs> Honestly, he just vanished. I was just like, where's you been? Where have you been? <laughs> the last time we saw you, you left the house and that was it. <laughs> you go to the mosque and you disappeared. That was it. And my big question is, so Ikra is moving back in with Habiba now that yeah. they've gone. Mm-hmm. So that means Kush's flat's empty because we know Robbie's not coming back. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> not coming back at all. So Kush is living with the Slaters. Mm-hmm. And he owns that. Well, he rents that. So It'll who's just become be a squat, that? Anna. <laughs> It'll just become a squat. I, honestly, I don't know. I literally don't know who's going to move in. I wonder if it's going to be the new brothers, but they could end up in Ted's. They could uh, end up in Ted's. That's, I, see, I that's my big question. It's because there's two empty places. Does yeah. that mean some more new people are on their way? Well, I mean, there's three technically, if you talk about the one that Mel was keeping Hunter in. Uh, yeah, fair yeah. point. And also, if Mel's leaving. And hers, yes. There's so many questions. My God. As per usual. There's going to be so many empty houses. Listen, we've got to get on this real estate of EastEnders. I'll tell you what, you could snap that up, couldn't you? Could make a fortune there. Sharon and Mel are back in fashion. Yay! Oh my God, thank God this storyline's back. <laughs> I am so happy to see Sharon back. The queens are back. The best storyline. Oh my God, it's like a breath of life has just been thrown straight back into the show, isn't it? As soon as she walked into that room, I was like, Sharon's back! I know. Oh my God, Mel, this is Sharon. What an intro as well, like a return. What a return. Sharon walks in on Ben and Callum sitting in their boxers watching Hannah Montana. And Callum not having any clue as to why Miley can't tell anyone she's Hannah Montana (laughs) and Ben having to explain it. I just love that. (laughs) That is like the funniest thing ever. I mean, that whole thing and a whole other question for me though, you know, because... Obviously, last week, we did find out about the pasta. Yes, we, creamy or tomato. We asked the question, was Callum into creamy or tomato? And we found the answer. 90% agree with us. It's creamy. Creamy. Well, I always thought that Callum was a briefs kind of man. But he was wearing boxes. Oh, it's bizarre. I'm, I'm, I'm completely thrown now, am I? Yeah, it makes me think if he's wearing boxes, that we could be wrong about the whole pasta thing. I mean, we could. Because we assumed briefs, but we also assumed... That he liked a creamy pasta, but maybe it's a tomato pasta. Oh my God. I don't know where to go from there. I mean, it's just bizarre. 
I don't even trust my own judgments now. I know. Oh, uh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> we digress, as usual. As usual. Sharon returned and had good news for Mel. The Portugal Villas bought. Yay! Yay. But weirdly, A20's up for sale. How dare they put us up for sale? I didn't know that we were up for sale. We are not up for sale. No. Obviously, we're joking. It's the nightclub. (laughs) (laughs) The nightclub of many names. (laughs) So Ruby now thinks she's buying Sharon and Mel's half. Yes. But actually, Sharon has no idea her half is there. Mm, No. On the table. No. It's a very odd negotiating strategy, isn't it? I'll just take it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so in retaliation, she's obviously not very happy about this. She's fuming. But Ben to the rescue. But Ben comes and saves the day. So he tells Sharon that he knows all about Mel keeping Hunter Mm. in that little flat. What a little minx he is, isn't he? This is the Ben we like. This is the Ben we like. The lovable rogue Ben. Not the debt collector Ben. Or the one who manipulates people and makes them do terrible, horrible things. I froze them off bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, we'll return to the good Ben. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously Sharon had to go and have a chat with Policeman Jack. (laughs) Oh yeah, poor Jack. Poor Jack. His flipping chops only just started in his... (laughs) He's being corrupted, he's being blimmin' blackmailed. She just wants the best for Mel. The best friends. <laughs> I just love that. And then she went in the club to tell Mel. Oh, Ooh. What a moment, what a duff duff. Oh, so good. That's the moments that are like made freestanders, the big turn the tables on the moments. So what would Phil say when he finds out the baby's not his? Well, what would you think the police will say when they find out that you knew that Hunter was free? And that you hit him. <laughs> Class. Oh my God, what a moment. That was quintessential EastEnders. Loved it. Yeah, brilliant. And then that then leads on to the greatest kind of Mel, the Mel we all love. Crazy Mel. Crazy Mel. I mean, when she turned around and went, maybe I am crazy. She is. She is. She knows. She knows. It's fabulous. So she now... Is a bit obsessed with Louise and the baby. Hmm. Yeah, kind of going single white female here. Oh, what's that other one? That other film where it's about the hand that rocks the cradle. That's what she's turned into. <laughs> the hand that rocks the cradle. So she asked Louise for the scan, which is interesting. Yeah. Louise's face looked slightly concerned. But not concerned enough for me. <laughs> for me, I was a bit like, mm, I think I would be a bit, bit more perturbed that someone had just asked for my baby scan. Like, And then she kept telling her she was having a boy. Oh, Clearly wanting an, a mini hunter, yeah, a but, new hunter. But then also suggesting her name is the, the name of the child. Yeah, it's a good middle name. <laughs> hunter Melanie. Yeah, <laughs> Melanie's back in fashion. If you want to do a double-barreled name, Hunter <laughs> Melanie. Like, so bizarre. Oh, hunter she's, Melanie Mitchell Taylor. She's fabulous. She's gone full-on crazy. It was when she was putting the photos and that in the box <sighs> and just went... Grandma loves you. It's <laughs> when <laughs> <laughs> so she sniffed some of the stuff as well. I was like, oh. No. Oh, God, she's gone crazy. No, thank you. She's gone total crazy. So, obviously, Lisa is now aware as well that yes. Keanu and Louise don't want I to love, go to Portugal. I love that. She's just like, yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they're in the hospital and she just went, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> she's calling herself grandma and trying to steal my grandchild. She's crazy. We were shocked, though, weren't we? Oh, my God, yeah. Lisa not wanting to go to Portugal. So so bizarre, just threw me off there. The Queen of Portugal not wanting to go back to Portugal. My God. She just, talks I'm, about I'm it 24-7. Stunned. We literally think that Lisa should become an honorary like icon of Portugal. Oh, uh, maybe she is. 
I mean, she should be. She talks about it so much. She talks about it all the time. She's the greatest advertisement for Portugal. Because <laughs> it's like every every episode that she's in, she goes, maybe we should go to Portugal. Oh, we should go and get a villa in Portugal. <laughs> mm, Portugal's nice this year. That's really what it's like, isn't it? She's fabulously doing it. But Do you remember that time in Portugal? Oh, everything was much better when we were in Portugal. Do you remember when the kids were young? Yeah. We were in Portugal. <laughs> in Portugal. <laughs> I just love it because it's like that is her storyline that she ran away to Portugal and yet now she hates it. (laughs) It's totally gone the other way. I don't know how to deal with it. I'm shocked. (laughs) I know. I think I need a bit of a lie down and try and process the information. It stunned us, really. I'll be like, oh. But Mel was having none of that. Oh, no. She wants the Queen of Portugal to go back to Portugal. She's like, listen, listen, Lisa. We love Portugal. I think um, Lisa's going to regret saying that they were the only two people that they could rely on in life and things. And you know when they're being like Bessie mates in the funeral parlor. Because no, I think it's more like Mel's crazy. Mel's crazy. Crazy Mel. Love it. Grandma Mel. (laughs) So Mel obviously wasn't going to have any of this. Oh, she wasn't happy. Wasn't happy. Grandma Mel wasn't happy. (laughs) So naturally. She does what Mel does. Emotionally blackmail someone. Yay! <laughs> Classic Grandma Mel. I love Grandma Mel. Hashtag Grandma Mel. <laughs> she just basically says it to Lisa. Listen, not only is that baby not Phil's, but you're going to do what I say. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit more like shock. Because Jack didn't keep his word to Sharon at no. all. Off he goes to Mel. Toddles off. And he's like, you know, you're looking at if she is in prison. Yeah. If it's true that you were looking after Hunter. Yeah. And you knew about it all along. Not the best thing to say to Crazy Mel. Mm. Sorry, Crazy Grandma Mel. Crazy Grandma Mel, yeah. She crazy just Grandma flew Mel. off the handle. She just went straight to Lisa. <laughs> so off she goes and she's like, Lisa, Sharon told Jack. And we're looking. Where? We're looking. looking. We are. Both, Both of us. We're in this together, like Thelma and Louise. Both of you? <laughs> really, Mel? <laughs> I think he said I think it's you. Just you. <laughs> just think, you. I think Jack said you, Mel. Because Lisa is also confused about this. <laughs> like, I mean, she's confused about a lot of things because when, when the reveal came out about Phil and Sharon, she was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, you never knew. Why else is Mel blackmailing her? How Come could on. she be blackmailing Sharon? With what? <laughs> With what else? Lisa only turned up that day, so she actually wouldn't be implicated at all. She yes. had no idea what Mel was up to. No. But Mel she is like, after. Yes, they do all know this. You are implicated. You're implicated and you're coming down with me. Yeah, that's what she's like. So we have to go to Portugal. Yay! So back to the storyline that we all love so dearly. Back to my favourite character in the whole world. It's the greengrocer turned debt collector turned wannabe gangster maybe by Christmas. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Martin Fowler. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry I couldn't even yay. Yeah. And along with the Martin Fowler storyline, there was a little bit of light this <gasps> week. 
Our wonderful Stacy returned. A double return. We had Sharon. Sharon and Stacy. And then we've got Stacy. Even if it was only for an episode, we still got Stacy. I know it was only for an episode, but didn't she make such a difference? I just, she did. I just miss her. She just brightened the whole room up. I mean, Stacy basically said what we were all thinking. How can two weeks change a person so much? Yes. She, and also she two totally weeks. said it. I feel like it's been a lifetime. It does feel like we've been here for about like 12 months now talking about this one, Martin. It's such a shame. I used to love Martin as a character. Me too. And now when he's on screen, I get angry. Because you just know what's coming. It's not Martin. It's the storyline. It's the storyline. You just know what's coming. You know what? He's going to be going around deck collecting. I was like, he's clearly going to make up that he slept with Sonia. Oh, and he did. And he drops the Monia. He drops the Monia line. He, yes, that's our new um, yes. shipping. It's Monia. Yes, he's decided to basically, instead of telling Stacey the truth. Which doesn't make sense. No. Because she is the one that hit Phil. So you, right. Here we go. <laughs> Let's break this down for you again. <laughs> Jean knows about it. Stacy done it. Cush mm-hmm. knows about it. The Slaters know about it. Just tell them what is going on. They already know the beginning of the story. This will not surprise. Cush already knows half of it. Better than that. Phil no longer cares. <laughs> Phil, Phil no longer cares. Care. Phil isn't even back with Sharon. Where is he? Let's just get over it. He, has he gone on the run with Stacey now? Because that would just <laughs> yeah. add a whole other dimension now to she that. She comes that back with thing. Phil. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, <laughs> on <honest>. your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it is the weirdest thing because now there is nothing that is blackmailing Martin. Nothing! So nothing. many other things he could have said to her that would protect her and the children. How is this protecting her and the children? How is this going to help him? Because when Stacey oh, inevitably so, so comes weird. back in the new year... She's going to come with a new man because she thinks exactly. they have split up. Can I just say as well, Ben's little threat about murdering all of the kids. Do you not think that Phil will look a little bit badly on his son if he murders children? Yeah. I think he would. I don't think Ben would actually do anything. No, it was clearly just a threat. He was just never going to do it. It's you Ben. Know, bad Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's so annoying because you know Stacey's now going to come back with someone different. Yes. And she's going to stop Martin seeing the kids because that's exactly what happened last time. Yeah. So I don't know how Martin thought this was a good lie. I don't get it. I don't get it. Poor Dr. Son as well. She's just sat there flipping, <laughs> doing her nursing rounds, and she's now being lumped into an adulterous affair without even actually taking part in it. Poor woman has no idea. Nah. Poor Dr. Son. Poor Dr. Son. Dr. Son, Son Dr. Dr. Son. Calling Dr. Dr. Son, Dr. Son, Dr. Son, come, come here now. <laughs> we just have to. Have to. I find it unbelievable that Stacy and Jean wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Classic Stacey would go and put, yeah, probably have a go at uh, Sonia, Sonia and then punch her probably. Do you not remember <laughs> the whole scrap that she had with Janine and stuff? Exactly. Like, Stacey is a fiery little thing. Like, she would definitely have Sonia on the floor. She'd have her head in the flower bed like she did Janine. So <laughs> what they're saying here is Jean wouldn't say anything mm-hmm. either to mm-hmm. protect, well, apparently to protect Bex. Mm-hmm. Why is Kat not doing anything as well in all this? Kat is very much aware of everything that's went on, really. But yeah, that's what I was saying. They all know about it. They yeah, don't it's understand. so weird. These don't are the understand. These are the questions. But Kat is, like, even more fiercely protective of Slaters. So why is she not, like, going after them? It's bizarre. It's bizarre. I find it odd that Jean wouldn't have at least some look at Sonia that would freak Sonia out. And mm. Sonia would be like, what's up? I don't understand. Could you imagine Kat finding out that Sonia has had an affair with Martin? She'll go ballistic as well. Oh, absolutely. And surely Jean would tell Kat now, like, come on. Kat has supported Jean through her cancer. 
Cat has been there for Stacy and Jean their entire life. I know I haven't seen that, confirm that, to like confirm the story of Martin cheating on Stacy on screen. But surely she would have said it like off screen, like, you know, like in, in soap world. <laughs> Out of everyone, I think, although Jean said she was going to keep it quiet, I don't think she would keep it quiet from no, her own family Kat. like Cat. Not from Cat. It's so weird. I just don't get that. And Kat and Stacey are the kind of characters that would confront Sonia. Yeah, they're so close and they definitely are. Poor little are. confused Sonia. <laughs> I know. Sonia's just going to be like, what? I haven't been with Martin for years. So many lies he could have come up with and that was the one. Yeah, it's just this storyline. I'm sorry. I would have much preferred Martin to come back and help Bex through her like suicide storyline and instead that's just been forgotten and Martin is just ending this really weird story. That would have been such a, a good storyline and mm. seeing her get through it with the help of Martin, a good reason for him to come back and yeah. that would be the Martin we know. And it's Martin separate from Stacey. And, and I would be Slayers. quite invested as well in that storyline because yeah. I thought they had something good there that we could have learned from. I mean, the weird thing about this storyline, it's almost like it's being sold as a Martin-centric storyline. But it is not. It's becoming about Ben. It is about Ben and Stacy. This whole thing is about Ben and Stacy. Stacy is the reason why Martin's in this mess. And Ben is also the reason why Martin's in this mess. But actually, like, it has nothing really to do with Martin. But he's still just going through the motions. He's still just doing all of this. It's so bizarre. Oh, and that's all I can say. I think I need to lie down. So with it being a big week in Walford, what else has been happening on the square? Ooh, well, a lot, really. I mean, Keegan's sandwiches have really kicked off. God, I would love to take a bite. Oh, I know. But yes, the sandwiches have been kicking off, really, haven't they? Keegan's little sandwich business has been doing brilliant. Well, I have a few questions because obviously he's targeting business people mm-hmm. outside the tube yeah and yes you'd probably want a sandwich wouldn't you yeah you'd want something quick easy now apparently the business he's affecting is walford east bizarre which is a restaurant that tends to open later in the day and mm-hmm. so far doesn't we haven't really seen many people go in the afternoon i have to be honest i rarely see there's that many people in there yeah so how is it affecting there when you think the calf and the minute mark would be the people who would be affecting because they're the kind of people yeah. who sell that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, the calf would surely be the one that suffers because they will sell sandwiches. Like, they will sell sandwiches. So that would be the place I would suffer. And yet, Kathy said, no, it's not affecting my business to Ian. So I don't understand why they're trying to sabotage him. I mean, the whole thing as well, business, uh, the business logic of Ian is that if you open any sort of business that's related to food, therefore it's stealing my customers, that literally makes no sense, Ian. You must have been competing against yourself then for about 10 years. Yeah, the chip shop, the cafe. Yeah. Walford East. He's had them all. And he had them all open at the same time. Yeah. Were they not competing against each other? <laughs> no, because they're different businesses. They're different types of food. Oh, it's so weird, Ian. So then Dottie apparently found a cockroach, which she put in <laughs> in the sandwich, which is an odd thing to find in a sandwich that was made in Jack's kitchen, but whatever. I mean, can we just talk about that as well? You're running a restaurant out of a kitchen. Do you not need, like, certificates? Like, do you not need, like, food investigators or whatever they're called? You know, the hygiene awards and things. I don't think you can run a sandwich shop out of your home. But if they were going to pick a kitchen, why did they not pick Icarus? Yeah, it's weird. Because at least the house would have been free. Also. And not have the kids of Walford in. What's the legality of actually running a kitchen, like running a restaurant out of your kitchen? 
I think you might have to look that up. I, I won't be able to help you on that, that one. Up, yeah. <laughs> just bizarre. Ikra might. It oh. might be in a business degree. Oh, she'll know because she's done a business degree. She mentions that a lot. A lot. God, I never noticed. I mean, it's not like she says in every blooming sentence. I My have business degree. A business I have a degree. business degree. Ian, I am a business degree. That's what I expect that <laughs> to say next. I am a walking, talking business degree. I am the degree. <laughs> <laughs> I am the only person in the world with a business with a business degree. degree. Yeah. She's actually like possessed by it. It's like the only thing she ever says. Speaking of Ikra, we got to learn a little bit more about Ash this week, her girlfriend. Yay! Oh, how great was that? And obviously that meant the arrival of our good friends, the big bad K. I love it because... J-Dog. We all knew. We all knew she was related to <laughs> We all to knew. Them. Like everyone was waiting for this. <laughs> yes, they are her brothers. So they came looking for her with their other brother, yes. Vinny, or as we're going to call him... DJV. <laughs> They've all got to have nicknames. We've got to make them sound more street. Yes. They've got to be They're more... in a gang. Yeah, they're mean gang man members, like the gangsters. We need them to sound street. Street and hardcore. So that's why we've come up with J-Dog. <laughs> J-Dog. Big Bad K. <laughs> a DJV. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, though. I, I really like Finny. them. Yeah, I like all of them, to be fair, for different reasons. I have a little bit of a, a man crush on Karat, but I mean, that's not surprising. I mean, yeah. And I can also say that I'm, I'm liking Vinny a bit as well. I do like Vinny. I think he's my favourite of them. Mm. But then, all of a sudden, they do as they always do in EastEnders, the thing we all love. They just drop a little storyline. They're just like, oh yeah, Jags dated Chantel in the past. That was one thing you never shipped, and you ship everyone. I do. It's bizarre. I mean, like, I would never have thought that they were being together. I had Karat with Lola the other week. I had Baby Jags with Ben. That was a dark, a dark <laughs> ship. <laughs> um, I even had at one point in my head that maybe Jags and Lola would end up together. Yes, we did chat about that. Yeah. Well, speaking of Chantel, her husband Gray has figured out Leo. <gasps> yes. I mean... I love it. He confronted him about the case like there is no case. I mean, it's not hard though, really, to confront him because how did he not know there was something up when this kid had a case on someone after only a day of working in law? And as we said last week, was absolutely crazy and had things against the justice system. Yes. He's got extreme views on the justice system. Okay. I absolutely loved the it's end of the, job. the end of the Halloween episode when they showed his coat as the duff dove. Oh my god. And I was like, Oh, I thought we already knew that he spray painted slag yeah. on Whitney's stall. Yeah. But apparently I we, we did. weren't meant to know. How were we meant to believe it was? That little girl? Yeah, I think so. My God, I didn't think that. Didn't literally everyone tweet that they knew it was Leo? <laughs> yes, it's clearly Leo. He's the only reason to, for that to have happened. He wants Whitney to think he's a hero, so that she trusts him. We know this. You set this up, EastEnders. <laughs> we do follow storylines. <laughs> he seemed to be the only possible person. Yeah, we're not going to think it's the extra who just so happens to try and steal something from Whitney. That happens on the market every day. <laughs> You know what I feel like this is like? And that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> and that's what it you is. missed on EastEnders. Now it's time for this week's Slapping Den. And we had a lot of options this week. We, we had did. Martin. Mm-hmm. Definitely Martin. Ooh. Or absolutely Martin. <gasps> oh. So yeah, guess who won? <laughs> was it? <laughs> well, it was Martin, but it was not just Martin. Oh. It was 
Absolutely, Absolutely Martin. Martin. Yes, because, oh my God, where do we begin? I think our oh. rant earlier sums it all up. Yeah, quite, I think I well. should just edit that out and put it in this bit again. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to bore people with my absolute hatred of... This storyline! It's him hurting Stacey. How oh, dare yeah. he? It's really annoyed me and it's really yeah. upset me. He was so mean. Why, Why would you, you just do tell that? Her? Just tell her. Just tell her the truth. Why would you break her heart? And it's also, so angry. And it's also like a believable lie that he said to her. It's not like yeah. someone random or something. It wasn't like he just went, I just had a one night stand. He says Sonia. Sonia. His ex-wife. <laughs> Come on, Martin. That's going to destroy Stacey. I was rooting for you. We were, we were all, all rooting, rooting for, for you. So now it's time for your hero of the week. Mm. And it is, drum roll please. Mick! <laughs> <laughs> Had to be done. Yeah, it has to. I'm sorry. Shirley just iconized like Mick's name. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I see a photo of it, with, like in the water. In the water, I just think, Mick! I love that bit. <laughs> Mick! <laughs> I can't help it. It's fabulous. So yes, Mick was really nice this week. He, he really was. listened to Honey and then mm-hmm. obviously the winners of the whole costume thing in the Vic were Chantelle and Grey, but obviously yeah. Honey was feeling a bit down, so Mick made it. Oh, he's Her so and Adam. Sweet. That was so nice. I love Mick. I remember a few, I think it was like a few months back when he went to see about his like panic attacks and he said to the, the woman, Oh, I love that bit. That like he basically has. My sister's me ma. Yeah. <laughs> sister's me ma'am. <laughs> my brother attacked my wife, you know. Being in prison. Being in prison. Like all of this stuff. Like I just love when he like completely recites his life because that is Mick. He is so genuine and he has been through so many hardships. And so, like, and he's just always nice. He always he's makes always me nice. laugh. I would love to meet Danny Dyer in real life. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. He would be. Oh. He, he, I can already tell he's, he is like Mick in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would be a lovely person. We should start a to. petition for we people should. to get, get, a, get girls Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get Danny Dyer on the podcast. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> love that for us. And as Mick won... Hero of the week. Obviously, we are going to be rating this week's episodes out of mix. Oh, fabulous. I can't wait. I'm going to give this week four mix. Do you know what? That's so funny because honestly, so was that. I was going to either give it four or four and a half. Yeah, I was really torn. Because I actually did really enjoy this week. It was going to be four and a half, but that Martin the upsetting Stacey is just it's it's just a bit too much okay? see i think i will stick with me four and a half mix because for me i still love the grandma mel bits oh yeah now you it's that hard, is true because it? when i think it's been a sharon and mel week it deserves that extra well i mean they were extra oh I they mean, were just so good fabulous. they really brought this week to life and stacy being back the fact stacy came back yeah. was enough for that extra i half think a the point. only reason it's not a five is because I'm a bit sad that we never actually got a good Ahmed storyline. We never got a good storyline with those two, and then they were just gone. And I also still dislike Martin for the whole Stacey thing. So I think it's going to have to be a 4.5 mix for me this week. 4.5 mix purely for Sharon versus Mel. Stacey, the little legend she is, coming back. Mm -hmm. But Martin, how dare you ruin it? Could have been five stars. 
So, we're about to play Seven Deadliest Sinners. And in this little game, Emma must decide to which of the seven circles of sin we are going to be condemning the villains of EastEnders. It's very important that she gets it right, because if she doesn't, then all of hell may empty. Oh, no. Yeah, Emma, we're sending you down there with the hope that you can save the world, because seven of the worst spirits ever have escaped, and not even Denny Akura can put them back down. So you've got to go down there, and we're going to pop down downstairs and see if Emma can do it. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay. Down we go. Down we go to hell. Welcome to the Inferno. My name's Melikophilophilus, but you can call me Mel. I'm the warden round these parts. Normally everything's running smoothly round here, but seven of the worst Warford has to offer have escaped soap opera hell. But don't worry, there's still time to send them back. If you give me the correct name of a sinner, I can draw them back into soap opera hell and throw them into the circle where they belong. It's very important to get the right sinner in the right place. Get it wrong, you might let loose all the souls of hell. No. <laughs> so who's first? Who is to be confined to the circle of greed, where wretches desperately fight over fool's gold and false riches, forever trying to climb to the top? Will it be Archie Mitchell, Steve Owen, or Carl White? I feel like I've got a lot of pressure here. I've got to really think about who I'm sending back into hell. I'm going to take a guess. This could be the wrong thing to do. Call White? Correct! Oh now my let's God. pull him down. Off you go, you greedy gangland wannabe. <laughs> on to the next circle, Emma. We're on to lust. Those who wallow here wallow in desire like Beasts, who will be damned to this circle? Will it be Ben Mitchell, Tony King, or Cat Slayer? Cat has lusted a lot, but I don't think she's the sinner. (gasps) Tony King? Correct! Down he goes, back to where he belongs. (laughs) We're on to sloth now, Emma. Nothing much happens in this circle. They just lie around, doing nothing. As lazy in death as they were in life. But who is the deadliest sinner? Who belongs in this circle who's escaped? Will it be Barry Evans, Paul Truman, or Keith Miller? Well, I do wonder if the person I'm sending back to hell has his chair with him it's gotta be keith miller correct down you go keith we've got your favorite chair waiting for you (laughs) the stench is quite bad in this next circle emma so you might want to peg your nose the circle of gluttony where souls feast and feast and hunger without end Appetites rules. I've got a very sensitive nose. Well, 
I could always shove up, you know, some of Keith's old dirty socks. Probably won't help, but carry on. <laughs> Who shall we damn down here to the circle of gluttony? Will it be Abby Brennan? Or will it be Ian Beale? Or is it Janine Butcher? So I'm going to make this quick because I have a sensitive nose. And God, it stinks in here. That might just be packed. Yeah, actually, yeah, it does smell like her perfume. Janine Butcher. Correct! For she did not hunger for food like other gluttons. She hungered for love, money, influence and attention. She hungered for it all. Down she goes, back where she belongs. We're almost done now, Emma. You've done splendid so far. Everyone's been put back where they belong. Thank God. Perhaps you could take over my role one day, when I get my promotion to head torturer. I don't know. Anyway, the next circle is envy. The souls here claw at each other, lash out without end, for they want what others have, becoming wild with jealous rage. Which soul must be condemned to this circle, the circle of envy? Will it be... Dr. May, Stella, or Shirley Carter? She ain't no Dr. Son. Dr. May. Correct! Down you go, down you go, mad Dr. May. And don't worry, there ain't no nurseries down here for you to try and steal her babies. She'll be denied what she wanted for eternity now. Oh, we're on to wrath, where the fires of rage burn and scorch the violent thugs and criminals forever. Who must be condemned to the cursed circle of wrath? Will it be Phil Mitchell, Gray Atkins, or Dirty Den Watts? This is a tough one. Hmm. Who was the angriest? This is another guess, so well, sorry if you're after hell and it's all wrong. The whole world pays for it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, Gray Atkins? Gray! Correct! Down he goes! Down he goes to join the rest of the angry little men. Tell Trevor we said I, Gray. I don't. And now, on to the final and most important circle. Pride, where the vain and arrogant gaze at each other and at their own reflections for all of time, locked within a hall of mirrors, abandoned and without an audience. Who shall be condemned to pride? Will it be Archie Mitchell, Peggy Mitchell, or Derek Brennan? Well, there is no way I would ever send Peggy Mitchell to hell. But there's one person I will, and that is Archie Mitchell. Archie! Correct! Down he goes! Back where he belongs! Hopefully he stays there this time! <laughs> well done, Emma! You managed to condemn all the sinners into the right circles! Yay! Hell's operating normally, and the Inferno is indebted to you. Can I go home now? Eh, uh, I have a sense that though you have done well here. 
there are still some spirits roaming up. So whilst I send you up, maybe, maybe you should tune in for another episode of Mostly Ghostly. Oh, my favorite. Welcome back, listeners, to Mostly Ghostly. My name is Denny Akura, friend to ghosts and restless spirits. I'm joined by my investigative partner, Sharon Fielding, professional ghostbuster. We are just about to enter the arches now. Oh, it's shut. Oh, it won't open, Sharon. It won't open. Oh, I'm just getting something in my ear. Two minutes, Danny. Uh, it appears that Phil doesn't want us inside. It's something to do with it being bad for business. Yes! Yes! Yes, I'm sensing that. I'm sensing that. He doesn't want us inside. But there's someone inside who does. There's a lot of activity in there. One in particular is very angry about how it ended for him. We'll have to get inside, Sharon. But I suppose... I suppose we can't talk to him tonight, then. It's okay, Denny. Our producers are telling me that we have another place. Uh, with far more ghosts. Yes. So many people for you to speak to here. According to Ruby Allen, this place is full of old ghosts. Oh, my God. So let's head over to Sharon and Mel's nightclub at E20. So what are you getting when we enter here? Oh, oh, it's hard to say, Sharon. There's a lot of activity here. A lot of activity. A lot of feelings here. There's rage. There's misery. There's happiness. It's all here, Sharon. Is your spirit guide telling you anything? We should probably explain first. For those who are only just tuning in this week, Denny communicates with spirits. And this is through a spirit guide. Yes. Sometimes this guide is a deranged stepmother who burns kids with hot teaspoons. Other times it's a Dickensian street urchin who sells roses called Abigail Brannan. Roses for sale. Or the ghost of her disease-riddled mother and brothel madam, Ophelia Coker the Cruel. Coker! Ophelia. Coker! I'm cruel. Oh, sorry, that would be Ophelia Coker. Is Stella or any of your other spirit friends communicating with you right now, Denny? Stella's had to leave. Yes, she's gone. She said she had to pop out, she had to pop the kettle on for her stepson, Ben Mitchell. But thankfully, we have another spirit guide here with us. He's a young spirit, and though he misses his mother, he wants her to know that had he not been shot dead, he would have definitely died of sepsis, as she didn't clean his wounds well enough. Oh no. He says his name is Hunter. Hunter, and he doesn't need a little blue bunny rabbit on account of him being dead. I don't know what that means, Sharon, but... No. I'm not clear no. on that one, no. Sharon. Oh, did you hear that? I swear, I just heard someone say my name. Did Hunter say my name? Hunter says it wasn't him. But that there are a number of spirits here with us. There's a lot of activity, a lot of hands reaching out. Get off me! Get off me! Denny, are you okay? Yes! Yes, a spirit was just trying to come through. It's a, it's a female spirit. 
She says the music's very loud there, wherever she is. But once Steve, Steve to know, he should never have messed with her. She wants Hunter to know, though. She wants her, him to know how much he reminds her of his dad. Danny, are you all right? You, you made me kill our baby. No, Danny! Get away, you! Get away! She's gone, Sharon! She's gone! She wanted to kill you, Sharon! She tried to kill her ex as well! Oh my god! Why me? She tried to kill her ex! She, she's just angry, Sharon, with everyone! She says, Steve! Yes, Steve! She loved him, but hated him! And that she was only sorry that when he actually did die, she never got the chance to do the job herself! I'm getting in my ear that this woman's name is Saskia? Yes! Saskia! Saskia! Yes! And she died in the office of this nightclub. Steve smacked her in the head with an ash tree. Yes! I can feel it on my head now. Yes! Was that Saskia? No, Sharon. No. There's, there's another spirit here. Two, in fact. They've come back because this was their club. And they want us to know its name is an A20. It's R and R. Yes, R and R. Are they young spirits, Denny? Yes. They died in an accident. I I can't breathe, Sharon. That's what I feel. I can't breathe. I think they were either strangled, suffocated, or drowned. Yep, right, okay, yeah, right. I'm hearing from our research team. They're saying that they were two sisters who drowned. Uh, They did previously own this nightclub. Right, right. Uh, Ronnie and Roxy Mitchell. Right, yes, yes, yes. What was that? Did you hear that? Is someone there? Do they want to speak to us? Oh, there's a terrible spirit, Sharon. He's very angry, very angry. Ronnie and Roxy are gone. They've, They've ran away because he doesn't like Mitchells. He's the owner of this bar. It's his. It's his family's. It had his daughter's name above it. And it should have been left to his other daughter. Ruby! He wants everyone to know that Pat's still an old tart. Oh, that's a bit mean. And that Peggy should have stayed worried about him. No one takes what's his. And if they do, they'll end up like Susie, the hooker who's missing her fingers. That's a bit much. Uh, Who is this man? He's Johnny Allen. Johnny Allen. The real gangster of the East End. And he will take this club back for his daughter. Right, I'm being told that a convicted gangster and criminal did used to own this nightclub back when it was called Scarlet. It's Johnny Allen? Yes! Yes! (gasps) There's someone else. Yeah, Sharon. Oh my God. What's happened to the lights? They, they, they go in. Oh, oh my God. Denny? <coughs> Denny, are you all right? Denny? Hello, princess. <coughs> Our recording cut out shortly after Denny appeared to become possessed by some unknown spirit. We've experienced everything from orbs to bangs, glass shattering. We've communicated with murdered spirits. And when morning came... I have to admit, I was glad our night on the square was over.
We never managed to see a ghost, but it's clear that there is a lot of restless energy lingering in old pubs and East End streets around the square. Well, until next time, we're off to Portugal. Good night. This week's episode was sponsored by Mostly Ghostly. Yes! Yes! If you have enjoyed Mostly Ghostly, all available episodes will be up on SoundCloud on Sunday the 10th of November. Find us at E20. Yes! I curse you. Curse a lot of you.